Today is Wednesday, February 28th, and we have a good one for you today. We have special guest, Mr. JBR Bracketologist. He is going to talk March Madness, teams to look out for, teams that have work to do, and of course, we're going to talk Maryland basketball with him. He is a Maryland Terrapin grad. He is a Maryland Terrapin fan, but he's going to tell us, is there a path for Maryland to make the tournament? Did me and Tricky do our best to lay out the path for him? Well, he's going to lay out our hopes and our dreams in Maryland basketball. Will we be playing in March? You will have to wait and listen to that. But we also have Tricky in the studio. We have Dave on the phone talking Maryland basketball and Maryland recruiting. We talk NASCAR. We talk beach soccer, Maryland lacrosse. We talk Maryland women's basketball, Maryland softball. We talk about the see-through uniforms that MLB is wearing. We cover it all today. It's a great episode. But without further ado... Hey, Turtlehead listeners, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Turtleheads Talk. Go Terps, go Orioles, and go Ravens. I'm Elon Monk, and I have Milan Pride. All right, Tricky, me and you in the studio today. We do have Dave on the phone later on, and we do have a special guest coming on, talk a little college basketball and March Madness. But Tricky, what would you like to start off? You have all the details. You have the notebook, the famous Tricky notebook. You pick a category, we'll run with it. Start us off. Well, I, th- I think we have to boogity, 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 Jordan. We got to go racing with them boys. Well, here we go. This is it, Daryl. One lap to go, and Lightning McQueen has a huge lead. Oh, he's got in the bag. Call in the dogs and put out the fire. We're going to crown us a new champion. Checkered flag, here I come. Oh, no! McQueen is blowing a tire. And with only one turn to go, can he make it? You fool! They're entering turn three. I don't believe what I'm watching, Bob. Lightning McQueen is 100 feet from his piston cut. The King and Chick rounding turn four. It's too close to call. Too close to call. So tricky. Is that kind of how this weekend went? I saw all the memes. They were comparing the final finish to... Cars final finish. No, it was indeed uh, a photo finish, and I think that's what everybody wants, especially after the confusion of watching the Daytona 500 with the stages and all the different tweaks they've done. They just went back out to good old bumper-to-bumper racing uh, this week in Atlanta, and uh, a guy that we mentioned a week or so ago, Daniel Suarez in the number 99 Freeway Insurance Chevrolet was your winner by a hair, as it were. And uh, again, as we have promoted in the past, 
It's part of a tricky trivia segment, I believe. He drives for Trackhouse Racing, which is owned by Mr. 305 himself, Mr. Worldwide. Pitbull is his team owner. He is the first NASCAR winner of Mexican descent. Uh, if you did not know that, Jordan. Tricky. Who would have thought the Turtleheads starting off their episode with a little NASCAR boogity boogity and a little cars preview too, Tricky. Well, you know, I don't want to spoil it for my it's not seeing cars. You know what I mean? No, it's great because we, uh, we aim for uh, a demographic uh, covering all the ages. So whether they be cars fans or uh, actual NASCAR Richard fans. Petty fans. Yes, even <laughs> Richard Petty fans. But there was a bit of controversy ah, yes. in the big race uh, this weekend. I've always been a big fan of old sliced bread Joey Logano. Uh, he'll do anything to win, including... Wearing an illegal glove. He was scheduled uh, based on his uh, poll performance. He was supposed to be on the first row in Sunday's race. However, they caught him using a webbed glove on his left hand that he used to put over the net in the driver's side window to reduce drag. And even you, Jordan, know that that is against the rules. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, Joe Logano, how about you get out of my crease? Yes. <laughs> get, out, get out of my web crease. Yeah, get, get out of pit lane there, uh, <laughs> Joey Logano. Uh, what well, well, tricky, since we're, we're doing uh, non-revenue sports, <laughs> let's just go to Shane Sport. Do you have anything on sand soccer? Did you, sand were you, soccer, Were no. you prepared? You weren't no. prepared, Tricky? No, well, I was hoping Shane would come in and tell us all we need to know about the FIFA World Cup of beach soccer well tricky thank goodness we don't have shane but we do well not not thank goodness we don't have shane well it's because he's in dubai at the yes. uh, world cup of beach soccer isn't he yes yes you're exactly right but uh the winner it looks like brazil took it home oh big surprise there yeah uh shocked uh shane totally. told us uh, america was terrible big shot there um so there it is that's all i got on beach soccer you got anything else there uh tricky uh nobody reminder to uh Wear your sunscreen when you go to the beach. Uh, Alex Rodriguez was seen in public recently, and he was much darker than uh, he had been in the past. He was blasted on social media for it. He had to remind everyone that he is Dominican. He is of Latino descent, and uh, he naturally gets darker when he's out in the sun too long, and that he recently fell asleep on the beach which caused him to be uh, several shades darker than people were used to, but nothing to get that excited about. Uh, shout out, shout out soccer one more time. Uh, the annual St. Patrick's Day soccer tournament coming up in Ocean City. A lot of good memories playing and coaching over there. So shout out to all our soccer players. I know Luke, I think, still goes over there and plays in the men's division. So good luck, Luke. But uh, let's keep it going with sports that usually don't get a lot of love. How about college of the cross? Your Maryland Terrapins are 4-0 tricky. We are a lacrosse school. Of course. But there's some controversy. Duke is now number one at 4-0. Virginia is 3-0. And Maryland is third at 4-0. But no one has had a tougher schedule than your Maryland Terrapins, your Shellbacks. They have played a ranked team every game so far. And they're just not getting the love. I did see Notre Dame was upset this past weekend. They lost. But uh, Maryland, upcoming schedule coming up. Big game against those Notre Dame Fighting Irish, March the 3rd. So once again, they're going to play another ranked team for the fifth straight week. Tricky, I have to say, if we win this week, 
I would have to say we are, we should be the number one team in the country. Don't you agree? Well, I don't want to have to ask Jay Billis's opinion on uh, where <laughs> Maryland should rank in lacrosse, but I do want to shout out uh, someone I'm sure has never listened to this podcast, but Chris Custis, uh, who will be watching that game. He's a big Notre Dame lacrosse fan. Oh. Yes, oh. so that that'll be a bit of a rivalry. A little game. bragging rights, hey? Which, yeah, between me and the other Chris. Yes. Uh, so uh, looking forward to that. Is uh, that the surveyor, Chris Custis? Uh, the one and the same. Yes. Yes. Uh, thank you for all you do, sir. I don't know if you're a listener. Make that happen, Tricky. Let them know you got a shout out. Uh, also, while we're on here, shout out to AWL, Mr. Todd Latman. That's right, Snow Hills baseball coach stumbled across our podcast, and he is now at AWL. Said he loves the show. We are actually going to have him on next week for a Bayside baseball preview. And I think there would be a, a job offered to one of the, well, actually the one and only south of the Bayside, or mouth of the Bayside South, Mr. Chris Smith. But we don't know yet. We're not going to count our, our, what are they, eggs before they hatch, turkey? Yeah, don't get count those chickens. There they are. Before they hatch. There they children. are. Yes, there it is. of course. Uh, one more quick thing on Duke before we transition to Jay Billis and his almighty knowing power. They've played the powerhouses Bella Bellamirn. Be- help me out of the tree. Oh, oh Bellarmine. Yes. Bellarmine, uh, that powerhouse. Bellarmine, High Point. High Point, St. Joe's, and of course, Jacksonville. But yeah, they're the number one team. So it looks like Duke Bias runs deep in all sports, Tricky. But without further ado, let's get to Mr. Jay Billis. Me and Dave actually talked about that on the phone later on in this episode. But Tricky, I want your input. He is a lawyer. He graduated from prestigious Duke University. And yet, he's saying lock him up if they go on the court. Lock him up, Tricky. Lock him up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. No, you lock it <laughs> no. up. Yeah, where's it at, Tricky? Hold on. Hold on. You better lock it up. Lock him up. Lock it up. Lock him up. Lock it up. There it is, Tricky. Lock him up. Not lock it up. Lock him up. Uh, yeah, so if you go on the court, Jay Billis wants you cited and locked up. Now, what do you think about that, Tricky? Is that a hot take? Well, uh, Karen Bill, I mean, uh, Jay Billis <laughs> uh, is ridiculous, yes. uh, for one, because yes. he's a dookie. Well, yeah, he's a dookie, and uh, that'll forever be held against him. But it's obvious that you cannot. All right, if you if if you don't have security enough to stop all those students and fans from getting on the field or the court, as it were, then who is going to be arresting all of these uh, students and fans that rush the court? So it's ridiculous. I've heard talk of uh, facial recognition technology. And all other types of foolishness. Um, by the way, have you been following that young man with the unpronounceable last name who collapsed in horror for the uh, the Dukies and claimed that he had a... What, Flop- uh, Flopolowski? Yeah, that Flopolowski. Yes, yes. Old man Flopolowski's kid. I know he's proud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, claimed that he had a knee or an ankle injury post-court uh, storming. And as it turns out, he's perfectly fine. Oh, yes, he is. Shocker. He, he has had uh, checkups with the doctor. No lingering effects. There is and never was any injury to him. And as somebody mentioned on sports radio this morning, so you're telling me you've got these guys that are between six three and six eleven. Some of them close to two hundred and fifty plus pounds. And they've been banging on each other for the last 48 minutes. But then Kyle, who's two years into working on his sociology degree at 5'6", 138 with his face painted in team colors, (laughs) is the one that's going to take you out. 
Maybe you're not built for the game, my man. So, I mean, it happens all the time. Oh, there's a reason he's still in college, uh, old Flopolowski himself. He was supposed to be a top draft pick uh, coming out of high school into college. And it looks like we might see year three of old Flopolowski himself. Well, with a name like that, I'm sure he helps them keep their uh, team GPA up. So he's an MVP <laughs> for them. Uh, but, uh, no, honestly, it's it's ridiculous. Um it's something that's been tied to collegiate sports forever. Um, no one's ever been hurt. Um, I can only or seriously injured. Yes. No, at yeah. all. Um, I can only think of a few times and it was in pro sports when, and it was always an individual or several individuals, never the mass mob that caused any problems. Do you remember Tom Gamboa uh, Jordan? No, no. He was a first. That might have been before your time. He was the first base coach for the Kansas City Royals, and a uh, drugged up father and son White Sox fans jumped the uh, the rail and went out and beat him up in front of everybody. Just attacked this man, and before security got there, and I mean on national television, the Major League Baseball game. And uh, and we thought the uh, what's what's uh, the uh, the kissing girl what was her name? Oh, Morgana, the yeah. kissing bandit. Yes, yes, no. we thought she was bad. Oh no, no, nothing, nothing was ever bad about uh, Morgana. But... Well, spe- speaking of baseball, let's keep it going here with our non-revenue Maryland baseball. They did lose to Washington the other night, five to six. Uh, they beat Pitt, and they had the old come from behind win again against Texas A and M Corpus Christi, seven to five. But the boys have improved to five and two overall. I don't know if the ceiling's very high. I know the Big Ten is not a power baseball school, so I think the the hope of winning the Big Ten is there. They're going to be there in the battle come end of April, May. But we have a game today, February 27th, against Georgetown at the old Bob Turtlesmith Stadium home game. So that should be a good game. Uh, first pitch, actually, about an hour. Let's, uh, let's get an update. You want to see an update? Oh, absolutely. I would love to uh, live stream this game as we record. Oh, do we, though, Tricky? The boys have come out swinging. 13 to 2 in the top of the six. Only in the six. We're one out in the six. Good gracious. I'm going to yeah, take that... it. Georgetown's not a powerhouse, Tricky. Uh, look, gonna it, 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 if you're it, playing it, them on a Tuesday, eesh. I believe it was someone on this show that said you got to play the games on your schedule and you got to win the games that you play. It's something like that, Tricky. Yeah. It's something it, like it, that. It was something, something very similar <laughs> to that. Uh, but, uh, no, expecting big things from our baseball team this year. And uh, also, former Maryland player uh, Hunter Parsons, oh, yes. friend of the program, uh, was invited to spring training with the big club this year. Ah, uh, uh, yes. So um, even though he's uh, designated uh, originally to start the season in AAA, if he has a positive spring, there's a chance he could start 2024 with those New York Metropolitans. It's so. a big year for him, too, because Rule 5 is right around the corner. So it's either get picked up or go in the Rule 5 draft. And and I think Hunter's in a good spot because I think the Mets, I wouldn't say they're rebuilding because they have such big pockets they can rebuild overnight. Didn't work very well for him last year. But Hunter's in a good position to make the big club. And if he doesn't, he has a very good chance of being somewhere in a Rule 5 pick next year. So Hunter's future is bright. Shout out Hunter Parsons and the family. Uh, real quick, Georgetown, 3-4, and four, Tricky. 3-4 uh, and four in the season. They did win two in a row. They beat the powerhouses of VMI. Yes, uh, won two out of three against them in the old weekend series. But 
that's enough college baseball for me. Tricky, let's 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 look up the real the real sport here. How about how about women's softball, Tricky? Yes, how are our uh, lady shellbacks doing now? Um, couldn't tell you, Tricky. I'm trying to pull it up. Here we go. Schedule. The shellbacks, ladies are ooh, five and nine. Mm. Not great, Tricky. No, and that's disappointing because uh, you know, they, they didn't. They had have a little a, momentum last year. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I thought so. They got ranked. And, and and I and I thought they were going to build on that, um, but uh, you know sometimes that's the way the softball bounces. Yes, yes. But let's keep it going here. Women's basketball. I saw they are projected as the last four in right now, so they need a, they have a little bit more work to do. They have some upcoming games that maybe they can get a win here or there. They have Wisconsin at home, which will be senior night. And then, of course, at Indiana on March the third. Mm, that's, that's a toughie. Yep, they're number fourteen in the country, so it'd be huge for their resume to win them both. Um, it's going to be tough on the road. Indiana had a sellout crowd the other night for uh, Clayton Clark or Caitlin Clark, but I don't know if you saw the women's Big Ten tournament has been sold out. Who would have thought? Wow, the whole weekend is sold out, all because of Caitlin Clark. So I would love to watch Maryland go down there and beat her. Well, I, I would have thought it would because of Brenda Freeze. But. Well, yeah. <laughs> But tricky me and Dave covered the basketball side, so we don't have to get into that. But let's talk Major League Baseball. Spring training has started. Games are being played. The Orioles look terrific. Tricky, you know we're big. We're big uh, February March winners. How are the Yanks looking? Tricky, old, uh, very old Jordan. Um, you know uh, most of our stars are thirty and up. Um, Seems like a lot of our what we thought was going to be our, our next crop of young talent didn't turn out. Um, I found out this morning there's an even lower chance now that we'll get Blake Snell to help bolster our uh, starting rotation because of the contracts of Judge, Stanton, Cole, etc. Uh, we would be over the luxury tax for what uh, Snell is going to um, require. So... Uh, now we, we've got a couple of young guys that, that we're going to look at during spring. Um, unfortunately, uh, one of them's an outfielder, and we seem to have a glut at that position. Um, but uh, did you did you extend Soto? It has not been decided yet. Okay. I don't believe. Okay. I, I know he's had a hot bat so far, and okay. as have the rest of the team. We've just been clubbing people down there in Florida. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I guess that's a normal thing. Bats are usually ready to go before pitchers are oh sure because orioles i mean they're watching here there's tyler nevin got a home run the other night colton Kowser walked off home run jordan westberg home run so the bats are rolling i think that's the one thing about all the world fans we're excited about is the young core like you just said yankees are old they're trying to squeeze something together for a final run the orioles it looks like that window's just opening right you're and, trying to build on exactly something. absolutely and when you talk about the the hot bats in um in february and early march most of the time, the pitchers aren't even throwing 100%, and they're instructed not to. Exactly. You know, they might be working on a new pitch mm-hmm. or just trying to improve upon something, but they're not going to throw 100% and throw their best stuff. One, because they don't want to put the wear and tear on their arms, and they also don't want to uh, give the other batters a couple of free looks. So, uh, well, the good news is tricky. We're only 30 days away from seeing real competitive baseball. Orioles will be hosting the Angels for opening day on Thursday, March 28th at 3.05 p.m. 
So that's going to be exciting. Does I don't, the president still throw out the first pitch on opening day? Uh, at, at Baltimore? Well, I, I, or I, anywhere. I, I know they used to always do it at Baltimore, but then I think when the Nationals came in, maybe they did it there. But I don't know if they have had one do it lately. Well, let's be I was honest. I curious Tricky. about that. Let's be honest. Do we really want the man up there throwing out that first pitch? They had the wheel mountain wheelchair. Um, I was just curious, all, yeah. all politics aside. Um, uh, will, will your, uh, oh, William I knew Howard William Taft. Howard Taft. He's one of the um, Back in biggest baseball fans ever. He's the reason why we have the seventh inning stretch. There it is. He's um, last president to have facial hair. I think we could also, if we did a Mount Rushmore of uh, pitcher, uh, president's first pitches, George W's 9-11 game. That had to be the, that's the topper, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You wouldn't take that as the best one ever, Tricky? It was pretty darn good. I mean, uh, you're Yankees. Bill, I know Bill Clinton. He he uh, had a couple of nice tosses from uh, yeah. from the mound there in uh, Camden. He's Yards. tossed a thing or two in his life. Hey, look, the guy was one of the greatest presidents. <laughs> Whoa! Ever. Whoa! We're not a political podcast, Tricky. Back up! Back up! Whoa! Too far! Across the line. Hey, did you hear about Flacco the Owl? I heard it on part of my take today. Flacco, no. Flacco the Owl. They're starting to wonder. Do you know anything about Hillary and Bill? Because he just miraculously flew into a window and was killed. Hmm. Flack of the owl doesn't do that tricky. He I'll, knew something about Hillary. I'll, next time I see Jennifer, I'll, I'll get her opinion. On <laughs> yes, it. we do need to have her back for a conspiracy hour, but yes, baseball tricky. Um, what do you think? Projection wise, you think, uh, you think the Orioles can run it back? Well, I, I certainly think so. I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, who do you think? I mean, Texas is going to be good again. Yeah. Um, the Astros, of course, would be good again. If you're just talking American League, yeah. But, I mean, I think the true power, I mean, it's the Braves and the Dodgers. I think it's their World Series to lose. Yeah. Pablo Sandoval is back. Is he back? The, yes, he is. We so, talked about it last week. Yeah, but, but have you seen pictures of him? He's has lost he slimmed a bunch down? Of, oh, yeah. Oh, he's not Kung Fu Panda anymore. Um, but, uh, no, I – I, I, it seems like the Giants will have a couple bad years and then just surprise everybody. But, of course, the Braves are going to be nice. Uh, nobody ever talks about the Phillies, and then they're surprised when they're good uh, late in the season. Um, that's really my National League pick uh, right now. I am predicting a repeat of 1983. Oh. Orioles versus Phillies. I'm not saying the Orioles are going to win. That was a sexy pick this past year, too. That a lot of people like when the Orioles actually started. Like at the end of the season, people were like Phillies, Orioles, Phillies, Orioles. Right. Phillies kind of choked, and we know the Orioles choked. But oh, the, I'm here I, for. It, I can't you. see the Phillies bats just going to sleep like they did at the end of last year. That was surprising, but uh, yeah. Um, now that's 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 my world, early World Series pick. Is I've got Baltimore versus Philadelphia. All right, tricky enough. Baseball, soccer, NASCAR. Let's get into it. College basketball. We're going to start off with our special guest, Mr. JBR Bracketology. This interview is brought to you by Jones Creek Design. Give him a follow and like on Instagram. He can do all your custom woodworking. But without further ado, Mr. JBR Bracketologist. All right, without further ado, we'd like to welcome on Mr. JBR. JBR, tell us about your Twitter handle, please. My Twitter name is at JBR Bracketology. Bracketology, that is. I was just talking about we stumbled across JBR on Twitter end of last year, and he has great insight. Breaks down each conference, 
We'll talk about the Big Ten as a whole. We'll talk Maryland basketball. He has us eliminated, but never say never. And and JBR, just just seeing your Twitter, I'm starting to wonder: Are you a closet Maryland fan? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I, I went to Maryland. There, there we go. There we go. So, what got yeah. you started in the bracketology? <laughs> what, what what made you do it? Uh, really started in 2020, right when Maryland was uh, pushing for the Big Ten title and. I just felt like Maryland was consistently being disrespected by the, you know, aforementioned Joe Lenardi. And, you know, I wanted to get into it myself and see what is he looking at that I'm missing? Because I felt like Maryland should have been at least a two seed, you know, if not a one seed. I'm like, they're leading the Big Ten. Big Ten was by far the best con- uh, best conference in the country that year. The, uh, the Big Ten in 2020 was loaded. It was a really good league. There's a reason why you know, the winner of the league ended up being 14 and six. Now, part of that was Maryland slide at the end, of course. But, yes. Um, you know, it was a really competitive league. I mean, every single uh, road game was basically uh, a quad one, if not a top half of, of quad one. It was just really difficult to, to pick up road wins. Now, b- break it down for our, maybe some of our listeners aren't really familiar with the quad one, quad two, quad three. What What sums up a quad one win? Sure. So it's it's defined by the net the net rankings that the committee started using in 2019. But uh, quad one is at home anything versus the net top 30, and on the road it goes all the way to the top 75. So there's a big disparity between home and road, which you know anyone that follows college basketball knows that it is uh, significantly more difficult to beat a team on the road than it is at home. Uh, quad two is anything at home from number 31 to 75, and then on the road from 76 to 135. All right, so let's go right into it. We're Maryland Terrapin fans. We're the Turtleheads podcast. You're a Maryland Terrapin fan. You graduated from Maryland, and you have us as eliminated. Now, I remember a couple weeks ago, before we went on our terrible slide, I uh, I told you, I said, hey, if we pull off a win here or there, are we back in the boat? That was like right around the Michigan State. Like We played them twice in a matter of like two weeks. And I was like, if we can pull it off, and you are like, that would definitely be back in the bubble. Because really, Maryland has never even seen the bubble at all this year. It's just been a terrible year, up and down. But you have us eliminated. I'm just going to play a scenario. We're very, we're very optimistic here at Turtlehead Studio. We win the next three, which I think that would be at least what one quad one win. Northwestern, right? Northwestern at home is going to be quad two. Is it okay? All right. So it shows how much I'm paying attention to what you're telling me. I can't even follow what about simple the rules. Illinois win. What? What? <laughs> the Illinois, yeah, the Illinois win was a quad one. Okay. But we're, we're talking about the remaining three games. So we don't have any quad one opportunities left in the regular season, do we? No, we don't, which is why Maryland unfortunately does not have any path. No, 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 not yet, JBR, not (laughs) yet, not yet. All right, so we win those three games. Let's just say we do it, and then we win three games in the tournament. We get the single bye, and we we face Purdue in the championship. Now, obviously, you win the championship, you're in, obviously, just like 2004, which I think the 2004 team had a far better shot of. They only had to win one game in the tournament. They went on a run to win the whole thing, but – we go ahead and we lose to Purdue, but we win. We go six and one our last seven games, puts us at like twenty-one wins. Still no chance. No. God, JBR. <laughs> That's all I need from you. Cut them off. Just, Turn them off. <laughs> we 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 just don't have uh, the the non-conference really hurt us. I mean, we were yes. so far behind 
even just coming into conference play that, you know, I felt like Maryland had to get to at least 12 and eight in conference play, maybe mm-hmm. even 13 and seven. Um, I mean, the, the, the other side of it is, is the big 10 just isn't as good this year, you know, yeah. picking up those wins against the middle of the big 10 and, and even the top third of the big 10 this year, just is not as valuable as it's been really the last five years, I would say. Well, well I have, I have a question uh, in that regard. Um, Obviously, as you mentioned, this season has not uh, been the year to showcase Big Ten teams. Um, a lot of the powerhouse schools in the conference just haven't been that good. I mean, obviously, Michigan is just horrible. But um, how many, at, as we stand right now, how many Big Ten schools do you project make the NCAA tournament? I have six right now, and I think we will end up with six. I think. Michigan State's gotten a little close to the bubble. I think they've lost two straight home games. Um, but I, I think ultimately Michigan State will get in. Um, and I think ultimately Iowa will fall short. So I think we will end up with the six that I have in right now, which would be Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, and Michigan State. No, I, I don't I don't think you're wrong in that. Um, but I'm just looking at um, – Michigan's last three games, they've got their at Purdue, then they get Northwestern at home, and then at Indiana. I could see Michigan State uh, having a rough go even before and really getting beat up before even going into the Big Ten tournament. And where Maryland has uh, Northwestern at at home, Indiana at home, both. You know, if we think we have any business in the tournament, then we should certainly want to win those, and then. Penn State, uh, but tricky. He's telling us. He's telling us get off the lifeline. The only way we're getting in is winning this tournament. Well, I mean, we we honestly, uh, Jordan said that a few weeks ago, um, and that was before a couple, having a couple of wins. Um, what three of our last five or something uh, we won? But um, now I, I I hate to have to agree with it, but uh, at this point, it is the hole that we've dug for ourselves. Well, well, let's keep, let's keep it on Michigan State real quick. Do you see a path of Michigan State not making the tournament? I think that they would have to go zero and three. I think as long as they win one of these last three games, they'll still be in. But um, it would it would be close if they only win one of those last three. I mean, if, assuming that one is not at Purdue. I mean, obviously, if they win at Purdue, that's going to make their resume. Oh yeah, stronger, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, it, now I saw today you also had a Ohio State as a lot of work to do. They have life. That that's what I think baffled a lot of. I think a lot of Maryland fans slid in there commenting, like, "What is? Why is their path just because of that Purdue win and the Michigan State win? They they now have life because they have they have better opportunities than Maryland." I take it. Uh, let me look at Ohio State. I mean. Part- Part of it is they, they had that non-conference neutral win over Alabama. That, yeah. um, it helps, right? And they already have a win over Purdue. So they, they have two really, really strong wins that uh, that Maryland can't match. Um, and they beat us. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Gosh, I, I would love to sit here and argue with you, but uh, you're, you're making such excellent points, sir. Yeah. So, but the, the I guess they're three and six in quad ones. They got Alabama, Purdue, Michigan State. Um, they were just so bad for so long. I think that's what other people are like. What the world? But then you break down their quad four. They did what they had to do. Five and zero. Oh, no bad losses. Quad three. They go seven and one. That Indiana loss. They'd like to have that one back. You know. I guess you take. 
not that I'm an Ohio State fan. We're sitting here talking about Ohio State basketball, but you take you take that if they could have got that win and go eight and zero in quad three, and like you said, just snuck out maybe that Texas A and M game they could have won, uh, the Penn State game, any one of those quad two wins, they'd probably be sitting pretty good right now, right? right? Yep. I, I don't I don't think Ohio State's going to get in. I mean, they, they would have to win their last three games and go probably to the Big Ten championship game, and then it would be a maybe. You know, like even even that, I'm not entirely sure they would get in. So, so they're pretty much the in the same boat as us. Pretty much in the same boat as us. No, he's saying they're in a better boat because they just got to make it to the championship. We well, no, win it. and he's <laughs> no. At the conclusion of his statement, he was like, and even then, he didn't think it would it would be enough. I um, would say Ohio State's in slightly better shape than Maryland, but I I don't believe either one will, will earn an at large bid. So, All right, I, so no, I, I get it, but um, and you talked about the um, conference not being as strong. I have seen a, a, a trend in the last few years. And I hope it continues, honestly, of some of these smaller schools getting at-large bids. Um, we talked a couple of weeks or a week or so ago about possibly even seeing two Ivy League schools. Um, then you go out west and, like, uh, Grand Canyon. Everybody wants to see them in the tournament, but they might not win their conference. So I, I see some of those teams getting opportunities where a fringe Big Ten team that may have been given the benefit of the doubt in the past just won't get it this year. Yeah, what do you, what do you say about that? What if Grand Canyon doesn't win their – they don't win their conference? Are they getting in or no? Grand Canyon, unfortunately, is not. They've, they've lost two games in the last seven to ten days, and yeah. with both of those losses, um, I, I don't believe that they have a shot any longer. You know, they, they actually beat San Diego State in the non-conference, so, you know, that's, that's one of the things the committee is going to look at with these mid-majors is how did you do in the, you know, one, two, or three opportunities against good teams? Mm-hmm. How did you do in those opportunities? And so when Grand Canyon had a win over San Diego State, who the committee had as a four seed um, two weekends ago in their in their early reveal, you know, the committee is going to give Grand Canyon a lot of respect for that win. Um, unfortunately, though, I, I think that the Grand Canyon <laughs> – um, with two of them in the last week. So at, at this point, I, I don't think that Grand Canyon can lose again in the conference tournament and still get an at-large bid, unfortunately. Um, well, let's Princeton, Yeah, Princeton. Talk, talk about Princeton. Yeah, I'll talk about Princeton real quick as well. You know, they've got a beautiful record, um, but unfortunately just the teams that they played in the non-conference just didn't end up being very good. You know, they had a what at the time seemed to be a great win over Rutgers, but as we've seen, I mean, Rutgers just isn't that good either. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really difficult, uh, pretty much impossible to get in that large bid if you don't have a win against the field and you don't have a quad one win, which Princeton does not have either. So I, I don't see Princeton being in that large team. The, the committee would have to go completely against any and all precedent that they've ever set in order to include Princeton. But uh, that being said, I, I think Princeton is a very good team. I think any of Princeton, Cornell, or Yale coming out of the Ivy League, I, I think would be a very scary 11 or 12 seed for whatever team matches up with them again uh, in, the, uh, in the first round. Absolutely. Now, look, I know we don't have much time with you. First off, I appreciate you coming on. But let's ask you this real quick. Out of all the mid-majors, give me a team that we need to watch come March. Um, let me think. I mean, Indiana State, in my opinion, everybody's high on them. 
they've kind of faltered here in the past couple weeks. Yeah, they have. That's why I'm not going to mention them. And now, let me ask yeah. you this: Why, why Dayton, is... Dayton's always a, a, a popular choice here in the last couple of years? I wouldn't even consider Dayton mid-major anymore. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Well, I'm looking a little bit lower. I mean, I, I'm looking at my seed list. You know, I, I could have mentioned Utah State or St. Mary's or something like that, but I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further. But I'll probably say South Florida. Out okay. of the American, if they can win the American tournament, um, they have one loss in the last like two months. Uh, you know, they've just been really firing on all cylinders. I got a first year coach, uh, I think his name is Abdur Rahim, Amir Abdur Rahim, uh, yep. at Artemata, Kennesaw State. Uh, first year coach, they, you know, kind of kind of had a rocky start, which a lot of teams do, Maryland included, in November, <laughs> but they, they have been on fire they are 14 and one in the american right now and currently projected as a 12 seed but um, that's what's crazy that's, if let's say they for let's say they lose to florida atlantic in the american championship or the the semifinals you're telling me south florida's not going to get in at a 21 and 5 record which well who knows it would be by then but still if they hold this momentum that they're doing you don't think they get an at-large bid i would have them out based wow. on where their metrics are. I mean, they, their net ranking is still in the 90s. Yeah. Um, they, they also just had, it was like one of those weird things where with these unbalanced schedules with the larger conferences, they played the other top four teams in the American. They played each of them just once. You know, yeah. they didn't play any of Memphis or SMU or Florida Atlantic twice. They played all of them just one time. And then they, um, they have two quad four losses, which kills them. Right. And right, then, and then exactly. no no quad one games even played. And, that, and yeah. no quad one wins, right, which is what I, I spoke about a couple minutes ago that, you know, pretty, like, it's really hard to get an at-large bid if you don't have both a win over a team in the field and a quad one win. I don't believe any uh, gotten a bid without a quad one win. Now, it's only been around since 2019, so our sample size is fairly small. But yes, still. yes. Well, look. JBR, I appreciate you up on the phone. We'd love to get you on again. I know this was kind of like rushed last minute. I hit you up just a couple hours ago. Uh, like I've told everybody, got to give the man a follow on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it these days, JBR Bracketology. Uh, great follow. He breaks everything down. In my opinion, like I said earlier, I don't need Joe Lenardi because I got my man JBR, and plus he's a Maryland <laughs> fan. And and you know what, JBR, when Maryland does make the tournament this year, because they're going to win, because you're now you've ruined me. You're telling me we have to win the conference, uh, the conference tournament. But when we do, JBR, we're getting together and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go out to wherever we're playing. Because if I had to guess, it's probably Spokane. We're, I feel like we're out west every year, no matter what. And <laughs> and and if we're lucky, which actually this is the year, JBR, we get here. We're not going to be on that eight nine line. We can avoid the one seed. Because I still say that's what killed us in the 2016 run versus Kansas, and of course last year against Alabama, we just—I just feel like we never get favorable matchups. But we'll save that for another day. JBR, thank you for coming on, man, and uh, be safe and drive safe. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. So now our second interview—it's with Turtlehead Dave. That's right. We're going to talk Maryland basketball, court storming, all that drama. I had him on the phone. He's been battling some sicknesses in his house. He's been taking care of it, daddy daycare style. But Dave was able to hop on the phone. I wish Dave could have been here with JBR. We could have talked it up. Maybe Dave could have persuaded JBR to get Maryland to the tournament. But without further ado, here's our interview with Dave. Back in the days on the boulevard, I landed. We used to kick routines and the presence was fitting. It was I, the abstract. And me, the five-footer. 
I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine? That way you all right, we're going to switch it up here. How about a little special guest? Although he's not very special. Well, he is special, but he's not really a guest. Uh, Dave, what it is? Very special, very special. Um, so we're doing a two-day podcast. The boys were busy on Monday, but me and Dave were free, so we threw down some tracks, just a little college basketball. Chop it up with Dave and Monk, the OG Turtleheads, and Lee, but Lee's not here. But um, let's start off with the Maryland stuff. Maryland beats records at records. Probably one of the top three, four hardest places to play in the Big Ten. Uh, not only did they win, they dominated 63-46. to 46. You had Dante with 11. Julian, huge game with 20-6. and six. Uh, How about Geronimo? Double-double, 11 rebounds, 11 points. Jameer had 12 points. DHS had 7, and Kaiser had 2. Um, Shane did point out, you know, first time I think all season, all five starters scored, which is kind of crazy. But um, – the Terps look good, man. They, look, I mean, that's the team we expected to see all year against a, a team records that's not the greatest. But I think the biggest thing that sticks out is we held them to six buckets in the first half, 18 points. They went the final, like, eight minutes of the first half without scoring. That was huge. What did you think of the game, Dave? Yeah, I thought they played great. I mean, I thought, like you said, Juju, evidently, I guess, the fans were chirping on him, so that that must have motivated him a little bit. But uh, also, I mean, they, they celebrated on our floor last time, so maybe that that dug up under them guys too, you know. Yeah, well, I got news for you. So, you. You want to talk about motivation? There's motivation for the Maryland Terrapins. So we finished the season. We have three games left: home against Northwestern on Wednesday, Senior Day against Indiana on Sunday, and then we finish the season with a week off. And it's at Penn State on March the 10th. So three games, basically, what what's that? Ten days, three games in ten days. Great stretch. Have a good chance to get two home wins. Like you said, it's huge for Maryland's seeding in the Big Ten tournament to get these next two wins, let alone all three. Yeah, these, these games very well matter. I know a lot of people think the season's over, but this these games are yeah, because for the big thing is yeah, the, the, big, the, big, the big thing is we're not saying we're going to go out to Minneapolis and win the Big Ten tournament by any means. Oh, but you need to give yourself a chance. Though. Exactly. If playing five and five, you don't give yourself much of a chance. So. Exactly. Four and four is tough enough, but if we can but it somehow. Can be done. It's done every year. Every year somebody does it, you know? Yep. And, Not uh, maybe in the Big Ten, but every con- every year someone makes a run like that. I mean, so yeah, I mean, look at Penn State last year; they almost pulled it off. You know what I mean? They they would they lose in the championship game to yeah. Purdue. Yeah, but so. and then guess what? By them playing hot at the end of the season, that's basically if you think about it, if we win three games in the tournament in these last three games, that's six wins, actually seven wins in a row because of the Rutgers game. Could you make an argument? Is there a hotter team in the country with seven wins in a row? That would put us at, oh, let's see here, 21 and 14. I'm not saying we're in the tournament, but I got a feeling if everything else goes like this past weekend, all the bubble teams lose, it's going to help us out tremendously. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. is that a good yeah, argument, Dave? I, I think it's a good argument. I, 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 I think we got to win it to make it probably, but. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at. I'm looking at like that bait, uh, bracketmatrix.com. We're not even on the list. Uh, they had there, but what's crazy is Iowa's on the list. Iowa, who is yeah. one game better than us, we swept the series with Iowa this year. So I'm not saying we're not in the bubble, but we're go ahead. We're dipping. We're dipping our uh, our bubble stick in the bubbles right now. So that's all I got to say. 
But you know what? It's up to us. It's I mean, it's it's no one's no one's job but ours to win these remaining games. They're winnable games. None of these games you're like, oh gosh, we got to play perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. Besides Purdue, there's not really a team in the Big Ten that I'm really fear. Yeah, well, that's what else I was going to talk about. It actually sets up real quick. Ken Palm has us at 44 in the Ken Palm. So I'm not saying this is you know this is actually a lot eerie to 2004 wouldn't you say 2014 might have had a little they were actually on the bubble going into ACC tournament they won it yeah if I remember right I think like the consensus would they had to win a game you know yes yep that was the consensus that weekend so yep and all we're asking I I really do I I think if we win out and we can somehow win three Mm. uh we're going to be in good I I think we have a good shot all we're asking for is a shot but I'm trying to pull the bracket for us to to um what if the season ended now? Um, let me pull it up here for you. It has us as a 10 seed right now, which in my opinion is the line we want to be on. That's the opposite of Purdue. You wouldn't have to see Purdue into the championship. And your your um, two and three seeds are Illinois, Illinois, and I think Northwestern. They're your two and three seeds as of right now if the season ended. I got news for you. I take my chances against those two any day of the week. And Michigan State, who would have thought they've lost two in a row? They're they're going yeah, backwards. I don't even understand why they're still getting like they're guaranteed to be in. Like, oh yeah, I mean that's I that's, watched that game yesterday. The Izzo effect, that, Dave. Yeah, I mean they're. I think they're good. They have them as I an eight seed projected right now. But, I mean, but they have uh, Nebraska yeah. projected as a ten seed. Michigan State as an eight seed. They have Wisconsin as a five seed, Illinois as a four seed, and then of course Purdue as a one seed. So only what five teams, possibly six from the Big Ten. But the 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 the, the balls in our court, we just have to do something with it. Uh, like I said, Ken Palm has us at forty four, right behind Northwestern at forty three, which is crazy. They don't have Northwestern as a. Uh, I must have misread that. Yeah, no. Have you seen anyone? There it is. Northwestern is a nine seed. So six teams they've got projected to get in. I don't know, man. I think I think we have a good Are you shot. Top four in the Big Ten, and they got you as a nine seed. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the Big Ten is down this year, but um, it is. Um, one thing we can talk about, not Maryland related, but maybe a little Maryland related, is all the hot talk, court storming. Are we literally going to be the generation that ends court storming? I hope not. Um. Of course, this past weekend, uh, Filipowski, I like to call him Flopapowski, um, got ran over, and it was so tragic. They should end all college basketball. I mean, Jay Billis is calling for people that storm the court to go to jail. He says, let them storm the court, and then whoever storms the court, keep them on the court, and they're all detained. I wanted to say, Jay, if we can't keep them off the court, how are we going to keep them on the court? You don't think they'll take off running? Um it's just craziness that we're at this point in our in our life that court storming is now labeled bad, all because Caitlin Clark, who flopped, and Kyle Filipowski, who flopped, it's it's two of the premier players in the Division One basketball supposedly got hurt. When in all reality, when you watch the slow mo videos, it was actually Filipowski who reached out for contact with his forearm towards a kid's head. If I was that kid, I'd I'd, I'd be looking to press charges on Filipowski assault, baby. I mean, what's your take on court storming, Dave? I mean, I like I like when someone storms the court. I think like 
personally, I feel like, and we've done it, we've done it. I mean, there's a game that you're supposed to win. I don't think you should storm the court. Like they were favored by two and a half points, and they stormed the court. Yeah, and you remember years ago, yeah, Dave. And I, and, oh. I was, and, I, and I know, like, we've we done it. We in, in 2002, when we beat Duke at home, we stormed the court. You know, we were ranked third in the country, and we stormed the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't necessarily this, agree with that. No, I mean, but my thing is, I think, I think, I personally feel if it, if if that was a Maryland player that that happened to, I'd be upset. You'd be upset. We all be upset. You know what I mean? I'd be upset. But here's my here's my issue. I'm hoping Willard would have enough sense. We don't know about his in game coaching, but you're down four points with one point eight seconds left. Matt Painter does it endlessly when he knows his team's about to lose. He pulls his starters off the floor and he makes sure they be able to get to safety right away. Why did Shire keep all his starters in with 1.8 seconds left in the game? That's just bad coaching. Mm. You know what's about to happen. You, I mean, who didn't know that was going to happen? There's not yeah, one person I mean, in the country that didn't know they were going to storm the court. I think the security should be better. How? I, how though? I, how, how do you expect? How do you expect well, I mean, 20, they, 20 they, people to stop 8,000 kids? No one there. You know what I mean? They didn't have no one there. But let her eat, son. Like. I get it. I mean, I don't think they should. Do, I mean, I don't think they can stop it. Tell you the truth. I mean, well, you yeah, see, they're you fi- they're fine in big conferences. You've seen that, right? Like uh, fines, okay, pay, fines, pay the, the fines. I mean, that ain't no big deal. Yeah, uh, fines for court storming. They um, and I know Duke, Duke and them complain because they don't they don't rush the court because they you know they're always the best team. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, exactly. They exactly. don't rush the court, but I feel like this. I don't know. I seen it. It did look like. The Duke player initiating contact. I don't know if the dude said something to him when he went by. I feel like I feel like there should be an unwritten rule that they should let the players go. I mean, like, and I feel like if you're in a fan on there and you get struck, then you get struck. Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing that at your own risk anyway, going on the court. You know, I don't really see where he got hurt. Yeah, he didn't get hurt. Once I think again, it was a big show. I yep. think it was a show. He's a typical Duke player. Cried a river. They watched the replay. He's the one that initiated contact. John Shire, Grayson Allen, Josh McRoberts, Kyle Singler, J.J. Redick, uh, Christian Leitner, and now Kyle Filipowski. They're all the same person. My father-in-law came over yesterday throwing a fit. Oh, did you see Filipowski got hurt? And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Have you watched the above replay? No. I showed him the above replay. Oh, well, they still shouldn't storm the court. Oh, so now we're just sticking to you just stood. Wait, guess what, Duke? Yeah. Here, here's an idea. Don't lose. How do you like that? Don't lose. And then Matt Painter gets up there saying his, his senior class has has every road loss they've had in the past three years, the court has been stormed on them. Well, guess what? That means you're a good basketball team. So yeah, why, why, why whine about it? And then, and then I've seen someone say, oh, there should be a 30-second shot clock. Once the game ends, you have 30 seconds to go off the court, and then you can storm the court. No, that that, that defeats the purpose no, of court storming. I'm like you. Like, I know sometimes if it's a buzzer beater, then – Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. you can't help it. But, like, that day, there was nothing they could do to win that game. Nothing. Minus a foul. And I'm 83, but you're not even really guarding them. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, I don't. I know I'm not. I'm not supporting a Duke fan. I don't blame him for nudging the guy. He's probably upset. He just lost the game. But well, can we talk about the fact that you yeah, they're like fools? Then they started cussing everyone down. You're inciting something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. John Shire talking. I still want to know. We need to do an investigation. FBI needs to get involved. Why is John Shire talking out the side of his mouth? I need to know this. Um, 
No, the, the the fact is, when one more thing about Filipowski, instead of running off the court like a normal human being, he walks off slowly. Oh yeah, in my opinion, I think, I think he wanted I think it. He wanted it to happen. Yep. I, I do. I think he wanted to take a shot at one of the kids. I guarantee the kid because it, it almost looked like to me like the kid kind of jumped like in his and might have turned around and said, "Hey, you suck" or something. You know what I mean? And Filipowski took liberties on him. Well, that's fine, but once you touch somebody, then you're going to get touched. Exactly. And that's that. So that's enough. Not Dude. saying it's it's right or wrong, but it's part of college basketball. It's always been part of college basketball. Well, like someone else said. I mean, what if don't what go if, to Wake Forest and lose the game? Don't throw the ball away when you when you got a chance to to, to win the game. You know. Here here's the truth of the matter. If that was Iowa State that got court stormed, or Wisconsin, or St. Mary's, Clemson, whatever it may be, we wouldn't hear a word about it. But because it was Duke, that's all we're going to hear about. Yeah, I, after the after the Michigan State game last night, the CBS Evening News come on and they had a segment on it. I didn't watch it, but crazy they had a segment on it. It's so. just crazy. They're 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 gonna sit there and they're gonna they're gonna do away with court storming. We're gonna watch it happen right in front of our eyes. Um, and, and the thing is, I guarantee you, you'll see lower level teams and like you know the the MEAC or the 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 MAC Nation American stuff like that. It's gonna keep happening, but no one's gonna care. But one, it can't happen in no big schools. What they're gonna say. I mean, what about what about uh, South Florida beating Florida Atlantic? I mean, them kids had every right to rush to court a couple weeks ago because one, they beat a ranked team, and two, they're in sole possession of first place and they're getting no love. I mean, let the kids, let the well, college kids be college kids. I man. mean, I think wait, I said you know they're a favorite, but they you know that guy's done a good job. They haven't been to the tournament since 2017. They're on the bubble. This win probably puts them on the right side of the bubble. So I feel like their fans had a right to to celebrate too. You know. What's crazy is I'm looking it up right now. I'm trying to find Wake Forest in the Ken Palm. I'm having trouble finding them. Are they even in it? There are 19 in the Ken Palm, and they're on the bubble. I think that's craziness. I think Wake's a good team. I think Steve Forbes has done a great job. But let's talk some more tournament talk, Dave. Um, overall, who do you think your top four seeds are? Well, I mean, I watched Houston play this weekend, and I watched UConn play this weekend, and to me, they're the best two teams in college basketball. Yeah, I think Houston, Purdue, and UConn are the three of them. By far, I watched Purdue play. They're right below them two, I feel. I, I just and don't know get who a little bit. That, that fourth team, it could be Arizona. It's just going to be whoever gets hot and wins their conference tournament. Yeah, you know? Arizona, Auburn, Tennessee, I think they all have a real shot at it. I can't say Alabama has a shot at it, but I think – the winner of the SEC, Auburn or Tennessee, will probably get that fourth and final one. I, I'm having a hard time with Arizona, man. I don't, I just don't know which team will show up every night. I mean, some nights they look dominant, and then some nights they have letdowns. Yeah, like the other night they were they were favored by four. I still think Marquette can make a push. Yeah, I mean, I think Marquette I mean, came out in the rankings. I think they're number four team ranked. I mean, I mean, you know, and, uh, if Marquette and beats UConn, is still still lurking too. Yeah, yeah, they can make a push up there and get that 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 fourth number one seed. But yeah, I mean, I think if, there's three number ones, and then there's probably like eight number two seeds. So yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good good way to put it. Um, Marquette, if they win the Big East over UConn and the conference championship, absolutely. I think. I mean, I, I think like you said, Houston, Purdue, and Connecticut. Uh, barring something tragical happen, those three are locked in at number one seeds. I mean, all of them have three losses, and then everybody else has six or more. You know what I mean? Yeah, six. Yeah, pretty much. The whole rest got six. I mean, North Carolina's got six. Duke's got six. Auburn's got six. Yep. 
Tennessee's got six. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Iowa State. Yeah, I just like you said, and let, I think Marquette can win the Big East and be a number one seed. Arizona, Auburn, and Tennessee. I think those are the four teams. I could see them trying to throw the ACC a bone if Carolina doesn't win, lose another game, or if Duke doesn't lose another game. Sure, they're going to yeah, they're going to make mean, that but, argument, but I don't think so because ACC is so bad this year. Yeah, I guess if say Carolina would beat Duke that last game of the year and then beat them in the conference championship and yeah. win a bunch of games, then you could see them. Yeah, getting it, but hundred percent. All right, Dave. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, of course, well, yeah. If, if, Derek Queen. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't listen to our last episode, we did a surprise drop about Derek Queen because he surprised everybody. Not really. The word kind of got out the day before, but if you didn't listen to that episode, Maryland does land the top ten player, number ten in the country for next year, Derek Queen. And as good recruits do, they're all already recruiting players for next year. Who, uh, who was it, Dave? That is after that point guard. Chance Mallory. Yeah, Chance I mean, Mallory. He's a stud. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a small guy. I think he, he's not even six foot, but they say he's electric. Evidently, him and Queen played on the same AU team and did really well on that circuit. I think Cam Ward's pretty much going to come now. Uh, we'll see. We'll I, see. Uh, I mean, like. I mean, the biggest thing to take away is we talked about it on that podcast is people are going to want to come and play with Derek queen. Now, you know what I mean? That's the big thing. Um, look for some big names in the portal to land. This is really, this is Willard's last two. I wouldn't say his last two raw, but it's a big chance for him to go out, get the players that he wants and compete right away next year. You know what I mean? You had this hiccup this year. Season's not over yet, but you have a chance to redeem yourself next year with a huge class. Um, I mean, I don't know. What's your take on Dave? I mean, you're the, you're the recruiting expert. Yeah, I mean, he's got to hit the portal. I mean, he's had success in the portal. He's, you know, we we talk about his misses, but he landed Jameer Young in the portal. Yeah, you know that's a big success. And I mean, Geronimo looks like a success sometimes, and not so much. I mean, I guess the key is who's going to leave. We're talking about maybe three players leaving. I did read today that they said. uh one player the staff definitely don't want to leave is Maddie. They said he's uh, starting to show stuff in practice. And but why aren't we playing him? I know that's what don't make no sense. I just read that today. They said he's he's really really like the switch has gone on. And they like what they've seen in some games. They said he's uh, he's never going to be like a full time like Big Ten center, but they think he's good enough to play some four minutes and. Maybe even float down to a three and be a really big three, but so that's someone uh, I still don't understand. I guess that's why, like Swanton Rogers gets minutes over him. I guess he's considered a, a center, you know? Yeah, I mean, you we have to look at it. I mean, I don't know. Jamie Kaiser will probably be here next year. I would say he's about ninety eight percent not leaving. Um, always leave the window yeah, open because the Martin. Jamie and uh and DHS, they said they both really like Willard, and he's putting a lot of time with him, with well, him d- developing. Look, look at the growth. Like DHS has shown growth this year. Jamie still, yeah. the game looks a little fast for him. Maybe an off season will help him. Noah Bachelor, he's gone. There's no way he's back on this team next year. Yeah, I can't see him going. And another thing, like if they keep if they keep Maddie, you're not going to keep three seven foot projects. So either Pierce is going to go. Swanton Rogers is gonna go. Yeah. One of them's gonna go. Yeah. They and got to. If not both, 
You know what I mean? And then, and then you got to ask Geronimo, does he stay? I mean, he's a senior. Does and he have a COVID year? No, he, he's got another year. The only two, the only two we, we're losing is uh, is uh, the two the two uh, fifth year guys. Yeah, Geronimo will be back next year. Okay. So, and, but they said, is he willing to take a, you know, like a backup role? You know. Yeah. If you hit that portal hard, and if you got Queen and Juju, then where what's that? Where's that leave? Uh, Geronimo starting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would love for him to swallow his pride and take a backup role because what a great asset it would be off the bench. I just. Well, I think that's where his bread and butter is because. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine that coming off the bench? I mean, he's athletic as all get out. I mean, in my opinion, he's not a starter in the Big Ten. He shoots too much. Yeah, yeah, way too much. I mean, but what are you going to do about that? But, uh, yeah, and uh, another player they're not sure about is uh, Jahari Long, you know? I mean, I don't know why he would leave. uh, Well, I guess last year, I guess if you get a good guard come in and DHS, you're not going to play over him, you're not playing over him this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. So, how about Eric Reynolds, guard from St. Joe's Jr.? Is he the one we're we're heavy on, or like they're they're expected him to leave? Right, right now they're just dropping names. You don't know if any of these guys are going to leave. Yeah, yeah. Which you actually talked about it. A benefit of not playing in March, which isn't always too many, is you get the the portal starts right away, so you can quote unquote tamper right then. Yeah, and that's just like. I mean, with the kid from uh, Villanova last year. Yeah, uh, Justin Moore. Yeah, he was all but sure leaving. You know, he was penciled in at Maryland, and all of a sudden they throw all this money at him, and he stays Villanova. So, yeah. You don't know what these guys are going to do. I do know, I did read that the thing with uh, the St. Joe's kid is uh, NBA scouts have said they want to see him if he can produce at a higher level. Yeah. I mean, the kid the so kid can produce. That, there's no doubt about that. That's one thing with him. I know uh, Doug McDaniels. Is that his name? Doug yeah, McDaniels. from Michigan, yep. His name comes up a lot because he's a local guy. But, like, I don't know if he's going to leave if if Dewan Howard's still there. Yeah. You know, you got to wait and see if that unfolds. And you, you still, if he's got some issues, I mean, I would love to have him. But I think the big thing is the Rodney, Rodney Rice is going to come for sure. You think he is and coming? I, I think he's coming. And I believe, like, between the kid from Michigan and St. Joe's, I'd rather have the kid from St. Joe's because he's already played with all these guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see if we need to get some shooters. I mean, we need to get shooters. And that Rice is a shooter exposed, you know, supposedly. Kaiser can figure out his shot. He he never just knocked down an open jump shot. My gosh. Yeah, yeah. And then go back to Eric Reynolds. The biggest thing is he's averaging 16 points a game, and we're going to need someone to fill Jameer's shoes next year because, yes, Queen is going to be able to score and Juju will be able to score, but you're going to have to have you're going to have, to have a guard that scores because DHS looks more of a bully ball, drive it. We definitely need – we've got to get someone. I mean, Chance Stevens might be the shooter. But we have to have a shooter, man. Con- consistent shooter is what this yeah, team's Yeah, so shooter is just not sending a couple shots every game, you know. If DHS just does what he's doing now, scores 8, 10, 12 points, I don't break loose. You figure with Queen, he's probably going to average 
50 in a game, I'd say. You know, same thing with Juju. But you're going to have a guard to average that too, you know? Exactly. So. Well, look, Dave, thanks for hopping on. A little 25-minute interview with Dave. Um, hope uh, the family gets better, man. Uh, the flu bug yeah, is hard over there, it, son. It's rough, son. It's rough. Uh, glad to see you're doing better. Um, don't forget, Wednesday, Terps, big game. And we will holler at you later, Dave. Yes, sir. I don't get the message, so you got to run the All the time, tip. You're on point five. All the time, tip. You're on point five. All the time, tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer, cause you see I last long. My crew is never ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, that's where you're dead wrong. I say that body and Well there it is, Tricky. That was a that was a wealth of knowledge, real quick, fast in a hurry. Oh, indeed. And um I was looking at some of the other teams that uh, are projected to be in the tournament, and it's always fun to fill out your bracket, and there's always the running joke that it's the person at work that doesn't know anything about sports that wins the bracket challenge because they just pick based on the mascots. Well, if these teams make it in, we have got some doozies. Of course, uh, a team I always pick in the first round of the tournament, those Catamounts. Ah, yeah. Of Vermont. Yes. And a catamount is a mountain cat or a cougar. A, a cougar. Thank you very much. Um, uh, shout out AP poll. They finally got it right, Tricky. What? Cougars on they top? They got the cougars on top. Yeah. Life's good when the cougars are <laughs> on top, man. Absolutely. Um, big Houston uh, basketball fan here. Uh, but yeah, the catamounts of Virginia. Uh, those uh, Richmond Spiders ah. also. But the sneaky favorite. The UC Irvine Anteaters. Yes, yes, Tricky. Always tough. Always yes. tough to play the Anteaters. Now, Tricky, we're going we're gonna to wrap the show up here because we've already gone a little long. I'm going to give you give me, give me one more of your notebook topics. Go ahead. Yes. We're not going to do Tricky Trivia yet. Okay. I want, I want one of your random topics. We've talked about it. We've talked about Maryland basketball. We've talked about JBR, Bracketology. Uh, Shane's going to be jealous we got JBR on here, Shane, or uh, Tricky, because Shane used to be the resident Bracketologist, so now we have a professional coming in. But we've taught NASCAR, we've taught Beach Shocker. What do you got for me, Tricky? I see you looking. Well, I've, I've got several uh, real quick hitters. Um, there you go. Give me give me a minute of quick hitters. All right. MLB News, the pitch clock, which was supposed to be 30 seconds between batters and um, 15 seconds between pitches with the bases empty. Uh, it's 20 seconds with runners on base. It was previously 18 seconds with uh, uh, runners. So we're, the, we're making the game long again is what you're saying. No, they're getting less time. Oh, less time. It goes from 18 to 15 oh, seconds. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. And um, all right, it's 15 seconds, base is empty. It goes to 18 with a runner on instead of 20 seconds. So okay. they shaved two seconds. Also, the NFL salary cap has yes. gone up by over $30 million dollars. Each team now gets $255.4 million per team uh, starting in 2004. So uh, not only that, but to wrap up our college basketball, shout out of all shout outs to the Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils. Jordan, do you know who the most famous athlete ever to play at Mississippi Valley State is? No. NFL Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. Oh, very yes, good. Tricky. He was a Delta Devil, but we're talking basketball. They went into last night's game 
versus Prairie View. You know you don't want to mess with Prairie View. Put 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 a couple bucks on that game, Tricky. Don't Did worry. you? No, no, no. Well, look, <laughs> if you had bet on the uh, Delta Devils, then you would have been in the minority because they went into that game. Oh, and 27. Tricky. Jordan. Guess who did place a bet on that game? Our boy Lee. He said, this is easy money. No way this team gets a win now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The they got him, Tricky. Death, Prairie View. <laughs> That's you, how they got it. Yes, you can come after uh, Turtlehead Lee. Turtlehead Lee for that one. <laughs> you thought you had a cupcake in Mississippi Valley State? No. They led most of the game. They led at halftime. Um Prairie View came back on them in the second half, but they ended up with a 57-51 win over Prairie View, and they were at home. Court storming? Yes, Jordan. Let's go. That's the only reason why I told this story, because I knew we were going to talk about Jay Billis. They stormed that tiny little court there at Mississippi Valley State, and there were no injuries. And no complaints. And no complaints. Nobody's talking about it. Jay Billis isn't calling for a bunch of people down there in the bayou to get arrested because their team finally won after going 0 and 27 on the season. So, uh, Jay Billis, don't storm my court, man. Get off my court. That's right. Now, Tricky, I'm going to have to steal a Tricky trivia this week. Okay. And it wasn't me. We have an AWL who sent in an Instagram message and said, I found your trivia, Tricky Trivia of the Week. Now, Tricky, I'm going to ask you, this is your part. Do you know how many playoff appearances the Seattle Mariners have had in the history of their organization? Playoff appearances. Appearances. Let's see. I'm going to say four. It's amazing, people. That's correct. (laughs) <laughs> but wait, what? you think you're going to bring in some <laughs> AWL to take over tricky trivia? But tricky, and I'm just going to stand by and let that happen. I'll hold the door for this cat. Who is who? I mean, we love all of our. AWLs. But tricky, that wasn't the question. Oh, that was the warm up. Oh, get ready for this. Oh, oh. Since baseball is dead, I'm just going to keep sharing my favorite MLB stats, and this one is by far my favorite. In the Mariners' 44 years of existence, they've experienced more ruptured testicles. Five of them. Then they have playoff appearances. There it is, Tricky. They've had five ru- ruptured testicles in their history. They've only had four playoff appearances. So shout out AWL Kyle for that Tricky Trivia of the Week. Wow. Thank you, AWL Kyle. We are the number one podcast. For, for Kyle's. Ru- well, yeah, that and ruptured <laughs> testicles. I mean, now. We give out a testy award every year. Perhaps we should give one to uh, the Seattle Mariners. Lord knows they need them. <laughs> so there it is. There's a show. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thank you, JBR, for coming on. Thank you, Dave, for hopping on the phone. But I'm getting a pause. I'm getting a red light in the studio. Tricky. One last thing. I can't I can't let this AWL Kyle. Happy Ramblers. My, thank you. Thank thunders. you for listening. Yes, I want to oh, shout okay. out the Happy Ramblers. <laughs> but no. You mentioned earlier uh, that we're going to have a gentleman from uh, Snow Hill on next week uh, talking some Bayside South baseball. Well, I just got a glimpse of the schedule right before I came into studio, and I want to know all our AWLs. I want to let them know that uh, Washington High School Jaguars' first game of the season is at home March 21st, 4 p.m., Versus Kent County High School. Now, where's Kent County, you might ask? 
I had to Google Maps it from Kent County High School to Washington High School. They estimate that it's 109 miles and will take you two hours and six minutes to come down to Princess Anne and take a big L. So we'll see you out there on the 21st. Go Jags. There it is. Thank you, Tricky, for coming on today, hopping in the studio. Dave, thanks for calling in. JBR, thank you for calling in. Lee, he's getting his teeth cleaned, Tricky, so I hope uh, I hope Ashley doesn't get too deep in his crease. Yes, but, and Kyle. And Kyle. Get Kyle, get off my segment. Yes, Kyle. Stand back and stand by. But there it is. Thank you all for listening. Love you. Excuse me, man, where's the door?